Good morning, everyone. Thanks so much, Pastor Fraser, for that. And good morning. Welcome to church. It's so good to have you all here. I just want to extend that massive and big warm welcome. We love the fact that you've joined us here as well. And as well, if it's your first time to welcome to church. Hey to everyone watching from Leicester and watching online too. Um, I love the fact that, you know, we can't all be together, but at least we can all come together some way, what or the other, um, and do church with everyone. So um, I'm going to be carrying on this morning our new teaching series called Running with the Giants. This looking at Old Testament heroes of faith. And so this morning I picked to talk about the person Joshua. And now I love Joshua. And when I was thinking of, you know, what to title this message, it was kind of a toss up between Joshua, the faithful follower, or Joshua, the faithful leader. You see, Joshua demonstrated both very well. But I think what made Joshua the most incredible leader is that he knew what it meant to be faithful in the following. And not just to Moses, but to God as well. In the book of Joshua, we see countless times where Joshua shows reverence to God's request. And as a result of this, he gets to be a first-hand witness in seeing God's promise fulfilled. So that's why we're going to be looking at Joshua, a man that shows us what it means to be a faithful follower to God's promise. Now, speaking of, you know, followers, I don't know if anyone here has been following the Euros. I hear it's kind of a big deal nowadays. Um, luckily, I wrote this with the faith uh, that England would make it to the final. Um, so you can thank me for that, that journey. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but no, I wrote this in faith that they would make it so I wouldn't have to change it because I didn't want to have to be sensitive about the fact that they got kicked out. So we're very thankful that they made it. But um, I find football fans or sports fans in general just very, very interesting. You can ask anybody. Um, quite controversially, I'm a, I'm a social watcher, which means I don't have any loyalty to the team. I just support whoever winning on the night, okay? And I personally have the best nights because my team always comes up on top. Like, I never go home sad. I never go home disappointed because my team, they're always, always winning. Um, and I know a couple of people are like, oh, geez, <laughs> how can she say that? But you know what? I have the most fun, so it's all right. Um, but I think we can all agree whether you're a sports fan, football fan, or a fan of anything, or a follower of anything, it requires an aspect of undeniable loyalty, an aspect that when the going gets tough, I'm going to choose to put my hope and trust that it will get better, that these people will do what they say they were going to do. And if not now, at least in the future, it will hopefully get better as well. And looking at the life of Joshua, what I found is that actually, even in the face of doubts, even in the face of uncertainty, even in the face of battle, Joshua remained faithful through his obedience to the Lord. Well, what does it mean to be faithful? As Christians, we believe that a heavy element of that is not just putting our trust in God, but also walking in accordance to God's plan and staying obedient to that too. And so for the next couple minutes, I'm just hoping to share a couple of observations on the themes I found within the book of Joshua and looking at Joshua's life and how we might take encouragement from that of how we can remain faithful in our lives as well. So my first observation is faithful in weakness. How might we remain faithful even when we don't feel strong enough. So let's start at the, the beginning, the first book of Joshua. And here basically God is instructing Joshua on what to do next. Moses, the person who was basically in charge of Joshua and everyone, has passed away. And now Joshua has got to continue the journey of leading the people into the promised land. Joshua basically had this massive promotion. He went from being the right-hand man to the man in charge. And now all eyes are on him. So we pick up this, in these verses in Joshua 1, looking at six, verses 6 and 9 specifically specifically at verses 6, 7, and 9, where it says in 6 and 7, be strong and courageous. And then in verse 9, it says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. 
Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Some powerful stuff, right? Like what encouragement to hear that from the Lord. But as I was reading this, I was thinking, well, why would God tell Joshua to be strong and courageous? Because a couple of chapters ago, if you read, there's Joshua and this guy called Caleb and 10 other people, they're sent out to go spy out a land, right? And when they come back and report what they found, 10 people, they saw defeat, but Joshua and Caleb, they were the only ones that saw potential. And God honored them with their faith and God honored them because they were bold and courageous and spoke out. So then I was like, well, why would God say, say to Joshua, be strong and courageous, when surely he's already demonstrating that as well already. Was it because God didn't think he was good enough? Did God not think he was like going to be able to do what uh, God has commanded him to do? And although it's not necessarily pointed out, I think rightly so, maybe God might have sensed a bit of hesitation, a bit of worry, a bit of fear. I mean, rightly so, if you've just gone from being like the second person to now the person in charge, I feel like all of us would probably be a bit fearful in that situation. And I mean, why would God say this phrase not just once, but multiple times? And as amazing as this step up the ladder for Joshua was, it actually highlights that let's not forsake and let's not forget the need for the presence of God in our lives. That Joshua's strength, much like our own, it doesn't rely on us because true strength, it comes from God. We can also take from this that not only does God tell us who we are, but he commands us to live in that truth as well. You see, relating this to us, how might we be, be obedient, especially at times when we feel weak? In this day and age where weakness is not necessarily associated with the most positive things, like no one walks into the room and says, hi, my name's Angie, I'm weak, and everyone's like, yes, that girl, let me be like her. Um, <laughs> where maybe our fears or doubts or worries like, stop us from accepting all we can from God. This perspective of thinking, okay, so I feel weak, so I'm not going to let anyone see me struggle. I'm not going to let anyone see what I'm going through. I'm going to just say, I can do it alone. I can do it my way. I know I can relate to this and maybe you can as well, that sometimes our own pride, sometimes my own ego gets in the very way of God being able to carry me through the very things he's called me to be free from already. For example, a very trivial um, uh, story. Um, I've I told this story a lot, but I never tell it in truth. So today I'm going to be honest um, about it, but a couple of people might laugh because I've been in denial. But today, you know, we walk in, we walk in truth. Um, so um, we, a couple months ago, helped out at our Nottingham campus and the joys of pioneering church means that we get to go into venues and basically transform them but that basically requires a lot of heavy lifting moving equipment setting up stuff right and I am in charge of moving some mats from basically one side of the venue to the other side of the venue um, and these mats they weren't that light and they weren't in a shape that was easy, easy to maneuver but I was like you know what I've got this and then someone was like oh Angie do you need help and I was a bit offended the fact they would ask me if I need help do I look like I need help and the stubbornness in me maybe the Jamaican woman in me thanks mum was a bit like you know what no I don't need no help I can do this I don't need anyone I can do it my way and they were like Angie are you sure you got this I was like yes I have got this and you know when you say that and you don't have it and you're kind of like but I was I was too far in I couldn't let anyone see me sweat so I was trying to move these mats with all my might, with all my strength. And people were like, Angie, do you need help? I was like, no, people, I'm good. I was trying to fake it till I make it, and I clearly wasn't making it. But you know what? <laughs> Luckily, through the graciousness of our team and the, you know, the kindness of, you know, people stepped in and helped me. And I live to tell the tale. I feel like I might have, like, hit a few people on the way, but it's all right. It's all good. It's all character building, you know? Um, <laughs> but I use this illustration to show that, actually, we might 
might feel weak and we might have weakness within us and that's not necessarily a bad thing because the thing is we are not called neither are we weak alone because God is with us wherever we go if I can encourage you your weakness it doesn't have to be your end because where you lack God will show up when you give it to him he can do what you cannot do if you're looking for another example let's look to Paul in the New Testament and there's um, these verses where Paul talks about basically the thorn in his flesh right and the thorn is not necessarily explained what it necessarily is but it's something that's causing him an ailment something that's causing him to stumble something that's giving him pain and he pleads to the Lord like Lord please take away this thorn and God says my grace is sufficient enough for you for my power is made perfect in weakness and this leads Paul on to say then that's why for Christ's sake I delight in weakness in insult in hardships in persecutions in difficulties for when I am weak for when we are weak for then we are strong so it wasn't that God was saying he doesn't care about Paul's thorn it wasn't God saying that he doesn't care about weakness it wasn't Paul saying you as oh there we go I see you as a weak so therefore um, I'm going to take you out the running no that's not what God was saying because actually God has still called us to be bold even in our weakness because the thing is we don't put our hope in our weakness but we put our hope in God's ability to know that his grace is sufficient that his power is greater and that he is all that we need if only we'd shift our perspectives to know that our weakness, it doesn't have to be our downfall because we know in God's power that he can make us strong again. There's this quote, it says, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I mean, if you want to just add a bit of a little Christian sprinkle to it, you could change it and say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with God. That, you know, God doesn't call us to operate out of our own weaknesses, but to rest in his strength. I like to look at these verses as our call to courage, not just to Joshua, but to ourselves as well. That my weakness even if I have it it doesn't define me because my God your God has already called you and commanded you and told you who you are so my second observation is faithful even when it doesn't make sense so now we've moved on kind of into the middle of Joshua Joshua 6 and we're looking at this story and it's called the fall of Jericho right and so God has said I'm gonna give you this city the city of Jericho but before I do here's what I'm gonna need you to do you're gonna have to march around the city for six six times so six in six days in a row march around the city at the same time every day you don't make a sound you do it in silence you don't engage in battle and you don't destroy the city before it's time and and then on the seventh day, then and only then, can you make a sound, claim the victory, and the walls will crumble, and you can walk straight in and take the city. Now, obviously, I wasn't around in the Old Testament. I know I look very young, um, but I wasn't around in the Old Testament. So, uh, but for the purposes of uh, you know understanding a story, I like to you know insert myself and think, well, what would Angie do? She was alive in the Old Testament, um, and I was thinking if I was one of the people that heard Joshua come down and you know explain what we were going to do to take the land of Jericho, I would be a bit kind of like Joshua. We sure. I don't know if you wanted to clarify a couple of details with God and then revisit us because six times, six days, like this just makes sounds really confusing. Other, as well, other reasons why it's confusing, you know, Jericho is probably the toughest opponent that these people would have to come, you know, against. So them marching around the city is hardly an intimidating tactic. As well, it leaves them open and, open to, and vulnerable to attack. It made little to no sense for them to just march around the city. But despite all of this, Joshua shows no hesitation 
again in his unwavering trust that God will do what God says he will do. And he goes back and he relays the message to the people. Well, what can we learn from Joshua? That not only did he listen, but he acted upon it. Because what he did required a total dependability on God. You know, to obey a promise by which human probability seemed impossible to be performed. Like march around the city and the walls will come crumbling down. Like that's not something you hear every day. Maybe you can relate to this though. Maybe you feel like, you know, you're believing for a breakthrough. You're expecting to see something happen. And it feels like you're marching or you've got to march around a city six times before you see some walls come crumbling down. Well, why then is it significant you carry on marching? Especially when it feels like surely there must be an easier way. Surely, Lord, there must be something simpler. Like, God, I get it. You're refining me. But why? Why make it six days? Let's at least shave it down to four. Like, why? It makes no sense. So why be faithful to something that doesn't make sense? But I think that's the grittiness of faith. That's when it comes into play because that's what faith is. It's the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance in what we don't see. I think then it develops a praise while we march perspective. You see, a heart full of faith doesn't have to see the victory to believe the victory is on its way. And just because your miracle, your breakthrough, what you're expecting to see happen hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not coming. It just might require a bit of faith, a bit of forward march in that step-by-step mentality. You see, it's the little steps that make up the big difference. And I've got to tell you and encourage you, again, some of you might feel like you've been marching for days upon days upon days now. But the thing is, I want to encourage you, there's too much fighting you to give up now. Keep on going. Yes, at times it won't be easy, but it won't be impossible because we can know with God on our side, all things are possible. It says in the Bible, what shall I say in response to all of these things? If my God is for me, what can be against me? You see, God has made you so much more courageous than that because the thing is the work is not done done yet you might be in your fifth or your sixth day but the seventh day is coming as it says in Joshua 6 16 the seventh time round when the priest sounded the trumpet blast Joshua commanded the army shout for the Lord has given you the city and if we look in the beginning of Joshua 6 that God, God already says I've delivered the city city of Jericho into the hands so it wasn't a matter of God saying I will but a matter of God saying I have so that's why we march even when it doesn't make sense because God God is always in control. We can know that actually and have this sense and remember that the promise of God has already made us victorious and we can enter each day with a faith that is bold and courageous in adversity, a faith that keeps on going. I love the phrase that Pastor Roy says, our lead pastor. He says, sometimes in life you've got to hold your nerve and you've got to dig deep. Sometimes in life you've got to dig even a bit deeper, but that doesn't mean you don't keep going step by step and march by march for the seventh day will come where you can shout and say, the Lord has given me the city. And so moving on to my third observation, faithful for others. Here we've made it kind of to the end of Joshua's life and he's given one of his final speeches before he dies. The promise is fulfilled. People have made it into the promised land. And one thing I love about Joshua is that even at the end of his life, having witnessed all of the incredible, all of the amazing things that God has done, Joshua never takes any credit. Joshua never says it was all me. He always points the people back to God. And this is where we get this very well-known verse in Joshua 20 verse 15 where it says but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you then choose for yourself this day whom you'll serve whether the gods your ancestors served or the gods in the whose land you are living but as for me and my house we are going to serve the Lord Joshua's never failing commitment to God is a reminder that we all have a choice do we lean in or do we lean out what will we let our faithfulness reflect you see Joshua who is just the assistant just the follower becomes the leader not just the leader in charge, but a leader that led and guided
guided the people to live a life for God. If I had more time, I would talk about, you know, Joshua's faithfulness again. The one time where Joshua requested and asked God to make the sun stand still. What type of faith is that to ask God to make the sun stand still? I want to have a Joshua type of faith. This makes me think this verse, you know, me as me for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Um, makes me think of this time last year, you know, when everything kind of kicked off and midst of when the world kind of just stopped and there was so much uncertainty, so much, so many questions, so many fears and doubts and worries and whatnot. I am so thankful that this house, the Junction Church, it didn't stop. And that's such a credit to our incredible lead pastors, Pastor Roy and Pastor Lydia, who made the decision as for me in this house, as for me in my house, we will continue to serve the Lord. Even though we couldn't meet in person, if that meant putting on services online, because we will continue to serve the Lord. If we couldn't connect in person, but we could send out care packages, we could write letters to the elderly, because this house, it will continue to serve the Lord, even on the the outset of it. When everything is said and done, we are still able to connect with our communities, as Pastor Fraser explained, the fall, the wind, because this house, it will continue to serve the Lord. We can put our hope, we can follow like, follow like fading trends, but as for me and my house, I'm so thankful that we will continue to serve the Lord. And actually, we've been able to see the fruit of that because we've, you know, come out the other side with more things than, you know, what we started with. And actually, in another sense, faithful for others, you never know who's watching. And this isn't to pressure you into thinking you have to be perfect or have to all together because faithfulness to God doesn't mean we're perfect it just means that when um who we put our trust in is um I have the absolute honor of leading our youth ministry and I absolutely love 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 TRG and this rising generation and I just always think that you know my faithfulness and my fight is not just for my generation but for their generation as well that the work is not done because we need to be faithful for the generation for the next generation and the next generation as well you see your faithfulness we need you to be faithful for so many people as well. You see, most of the people mentioned in Hebrews 11, they talked about the heroes of faith, right? Many of them didn't necessarily get what they were waiting for, but because that's because they got something better. But we can take a hope from that, that the same faith that they have, we have too inside us. We have that faith as well. So as I bring this to a close, looking at the themes of Joshua's life as this faithful follower, he showed us a faith that was courageous, a faith that was bold, a faith that marched, a faith that was faithful for others. And you might be sat here thinking, well, Angie, this all really sounds well and good, but it definitely sounds easier said than done, especially at times because, you know, we all feel weak. I do feel lost. I do feel the battle is too overwhelming, but we can take encouragement, as I said, that faith is within us. Not only do we have faith in God's good ways, but we can be faithful to the one who holds us in the first place, but we've got to start somewhere. And the Bible says that faith, the size of a, size of a mustard seed, it can move mountains. And that's not necessarily talking about the quantity of the, your faith, but the quality of it. You've got to put your faith to work. We've got to be intentional about it. And I mean, why not start today? What have you got to lose? I mean, why, why not put your faith in someone who loves you, who cares for you, who's grace and who's got give you, gives you forgiveness? Why not put your faith in that? And actually, then we can go forward with a faith that chooses not to rest in circumstance, but on the promise that when God declared, we do not need to be afraid. We not, do not need to be discouraged because he is with us. He loves us and he is always there for us as well. 
Thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for listening. And in a second, we're going to go back into a time of worship. But I would just like to invite you now, if you want to uh, stand to your feet, because um, I would love to pray for you uh, before we get back into some worship. And as I mentioned, some of you might be, have heard this message all about faith and being like, well, you know, I don't know how that applies to me, but we all have some faith in us. We all have something in us that wants to continue marching, wants to continue to fight. We all have something within us and that's bold. So join me as I pray for today and pray. Lord God, I just want to thank you, Lord God, that we have met this morning, that we have been able to be in your presence, Lord God. I thank you that we can have faith in you, someone who is our provider, someone who gives us grace and forgiveness and love and more than we can even imagine, Lord God. And I pray today that we step out in faith to live lives that glorify your name, Lord God, to live lives that are bold even in the face of adversity, to be courageous even in the face of battle, because we know the faith that you have planted in our hearts, Lord God, can march around building and see walls crumble in front of us, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you are with us in everything that we do. We don't have to be afraid and we don't have to be discouraged because you are for us. You fight for us and you are with us in every single season. I thank you for everything that you've done, Lord God. And I pray this in your mighty name. Amen.